0: You do have to have good advisors to get that needle moving in the right direction. I don't know that I've seen the bars be more difficult, but I will say this, that you're, you have to prepare yourself properly or you're going to be leveraged.
1: Welcome to MBBI's first ever Trends in M&A podcast. I'm Greg Finn with BKD Capital Advisors, your host for today's broadcast. We have a very special guest today, Ray Horn, partner with the law firm of Meltzer Patel Stell. Ray is also the most recent MBBI past president, a current board member for MBBI, and a platinum sponsor for MBBI. Thank you and welcome, Ray. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the law firm.
0: Thank you very much, Greg. I want to thank you and MBBI and Studio 75 for hosting us uh, today and a great opportunity to be here. Um, I have an attorney practicing for uh, for over 25 years. Um, I'm, I'm with a firm in Schaumburg and Chicago, Meltzer, Bertil & Stell. We have 30-plus attorneys. Um, we focus on uh, a commercial practice, uh, commercial uh, corporate law, transaction work, real estate, banking, some litigation. My main area is merger and acquisitions, which is why I've spent uh, a lot of career uh, working with MBBI because of its focus on M&A transactions. And I try to work with closely held uh, companies, uh, usually one to five owners, one to a hundred million dollars in revenue and help them transition, whether they're buying into A company or they're selling uh, out of a company and sometimes they do uh, some business divorces which are transactions in their own right when partners have decided that well maybe it's time that we we move on (laughs) at this point in time so good to be here today. Terrific and that's
1: something we may revisit here business divorces uh, from your perspective Uh, but first you know what made you choose law and more specifically uh, the niche
0: and focus of M&A law? I wanted to, to get into law uh, from a young age, although I didn't really know what law was, uh, but I enjoyed the fact that it was it was a variable profession. There's a lot of different things you could do with law, and I enjoyed working with people. I enjoy the psychological aspect that comes with it, and I didn't know that I wanted to be a transaction attorney right away. But I found out pretty quickly when you look at litigation versus transaction work. Transaction work to me is it's a more optimistic focus. There's a win-win scenario, and working with closely-held companies, entrepreneurs, is a great experience uh, because it allows uh, me to sort of uh, live vicariously through that client. And law, I think, produces something very valuable because we're helping a client uh, get to a scenario where they can realize an investment they've worked on for many years. um, Or someone that has always dreamed of owning their own business, we can help them get into a business. And then working with professionals, and you and I have worked together, we were just talking for, for many years, you have a chance to work with some very talented people in other disciplines. And that adds quite a bit. There's a quality of life component that comes into that. Yeah, very nice.
1: Uh, uh, You're absolutely right. You know, I was kind of doing the math. And, uh, you know, Ray and I uh, have known each other for 18 years. Uh, That's probably uh, 2003 or so when I first joined MBBI. And, um, you know, one of the hallmarks of MBBI is quality networking, in collaboration. And, you know, Ray, I know you've completed many transactions. Uh, we've completed some transactions together. The first deal we worked on together was in 2004. It was the HAP controls, the and partners deal. And we've done many, many deals throughout the years together, um, um, including in the midst of COVID, uh, both Ray and I worked on a transaction and we really needed uh, a quality attorney that could actually handle a very high maintenance seller in the Ross and White transaction that closed in May of 2020. So that was a true COVID transaction that needed solutions and compromise, and we got it done. And we got it done timely with all parties. It was a wonderful opportunity and outcome for the parties. Um, In any event, given your expertise, Ray, what are you seeing or observing in the market today from a legal perspective. Any guidance you can share with our audience? Yeah,
0: I'm seeing, seeing a number of, of trends right now. One thing, many individuals that are listening are familiar with PPP loans that were instituted last year, and we've had a couple of rounds of those. And uh, they've been very helpful, but they, they create um, some challenges in a transaction. Um, and we didn't have a lot of guidance last year until later in the year, but it became clear that if you were going to sell your company and you had a, a loan and you wanted to obtain forgiveness, and of course everybody does, you had to follow certain procedures to do it, including escrowing those monies with a lender. And the key is, I think, preparedness. And I think that's a commonality with, with all of this. is trying to anticipate in advance, um, I call it preventative law, to, 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 to say, what are we going to deal with so we don't hold up a transaction, And keep it moving. So that is one of the trends that I've been I've been seeing. I've also been seeing uh, buyers being more cautious Uh, right now. Obviously, this environment has been it's been a a blow we've all had to deal with this past year. It's affected us on all kinds of levels, business and personal. And buyers are are looking carefully, including the fact that the numbers over the past year are different numbers. Some companies have done very well. Other companies have not. Some companies have not done well because. Of, of no fault of their own. it just is, it's, a, it's an environment that we're all hoping is going to turn back around again, but maybe a different environment going forward. So are
1: they, you seeing more thorough legal due diligence from your perspective? As, are there any items of legal due do, diligence that you and your team are providing uh, uh, your seller or your buyer uh, that may have been different over the last 12 months?
0: Well, we've always, you know, it, it made more of a focus on certain items. State taxes, is a good example. Um, Right now, um, uh, there are many uh, states that are looking for more revenue, revenue opportunities. We're seeing some trend on this in the past, but because of the pandemic, states are being, I think, more aggressive. And companies that have had a presence or a nexus in other states and have not realized that they may need to pay taxes are realizing that um, we have to be worrying about this. And I always say, you know, find the problem or issue before the buyer does. The buyer is going to find it um and, and they're very good at this. This is what they do all the time, especially in a roll-up scenario. So if you can find it and manage it and work on it and have a have a response that's constructive, you're gonna do much better. So that's that's one area to be aware of. I think earnouts are another factor that we're seeing more of. Companies are saying, well, if you didn't do very well this past year and you're telling me that it was a fluke, it was a it was a blip on the radar, the companies are saying, Well, then let's prove it out. Now it doesn't work with SBA loans, of course. But in deals without an SBA loan, a buyer is going to say, let's set up that. And I think you have to be ready for that with a good financial advisor, someone with your, an intermediary like yourself, with a good accountant to say, here's what the numbers will show, and here's how I'm going to respond to that.
1: So you're seeing more earnouts used as a tool to kind yes. of get to the finish line. Yes, uh, I am. What else are you seeing uh, in terms of maybe... The indemnity terms are those? Have those been lengthened or shortened? Uh, the caps, deductibles, baskets—what uh, um, are you seeing from a legal perspective? I, there, I am have seeing.
0: The- you know what? I'm—I'm gonna. I, I, mean, I was thinking about this uh, a bit as we we deal with things. I don't know that there's is a specific trend I'm really noticing. I mean, I think that buyers are that um, they're making you do more of the work as a seller. Like there's, there's a couple deals I've been on recently where you're, instead of just putting something in to kind of move halfway down toward the middle, they may leave it for you to kind of figure it out on your own. So you do have to have good advisors to get that needle moving in the right direction. I don't know that I've seen the bars be more difficult, but I will say this, that you're you have to prepare yourself properly or you're going to be leveraged as in a seller scenario in this case. Um, uh, you have to anticipate your problems, and you have to you know, lay those out carefully. If you don't, have that good advisors. And in your case, Greg, if you don't have opportunities for multiple offers from buyers, which I think is one of the key components, that buyer probably is going to be more conservative. They're going to probably assume more of the worst. I have found this, that attorneys doing their job will normally say, hey, look, the sky is falling in some cases. Now, you you, you the better attorneys are not going to be as bad, but some attorneys are. Now, if that buyer doesn't have a worry that somebody else is going to come in, they're going to listen more to that attorney and they're going to do a—they're going to cram down on that seller. But if that seller has more opportunities to sell and are more prepared and they, there's a fresh coat of paint on the house, the landscaping looks nice, things like that, then I think that buyer is going to tell the attorney, look, I appreciate what you're doing, but – there's other people that are not finding these same problems, and I want this company.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. I think being prepared, having your ducks in a row, disclosing on the offset so that you're not in a position where there's retrading down the road through diligence and at the last hour, because this was an unknown, are keys. Um, on our middle market deals, Ray, are you seeing the more, more use of rep and warranty insurance at all? Or I, has it been limited still in the small market?
0: I think it's been still some, some limit in the smaller market. I've seen more of it, though. Uh, because before the pandemic started, I was seeing it, it moving down from the deals that were 50 or $75 million in, in size to deals that were 20 or $30 million. And now, even recently, something uh, 15 or to $20 million. I still think it's a bit unwieldy in some cases because you're adding another layer. And I think it has to be, as you just said a minute ago, Greg, it has to be carefully discussed in advance. Because sometimes you know it's something can seem like a good thing, but you know insurance insurance can be good, but sometimes insurance isn't always you know. Easily well, sometimes to it's
1: priced a little bit more it's aggressively priced, than what the actual uh, potential liability may be. Exactly, with that. I agree. I'm gonna have a little fun with you. This is gonna be off the cuff. I'm gonna put you on the spot, but from your perspective, because you see enough deals through your firm, uh, um, what percentage of transactions are you seeing that are stock versus asset today? Just off the cuff, we're not going to hold you accountable.
0: I would say that uh, a higher percentage, probably about sixty percent, are probably stocked right now. I'm saying more. So we're seeing more, more stock,
1: and I'm gonna concur with you. We're seeing more of that as well. Uh, um, second thing, escrows they are always been used. You yes. know, even in all cash deals, it's very rare that you don't have some sort of a uh, holdback. What are your positions, or what are your findings and uh, ideas regarding escrows? Uh, have you seen any trends? Are they becoming larger? Smaller, shorter term, layered.
0: Well, I, you know, my trend is it, it, well. I, what I try to do is have a realistic appraisal for the client about what they should expect, because you don't want to go in with a sort of a silly response saying that no, no way, I'm not going to do this, because I think you lose credibility. So I'm I'm normally thinking about seven to ten percent is a good escrow point. I've seen them rise a bit. Um, sometimes a good deal, a, a good bit over ten percent, but I think seven to ten percent works, and normally at least 18 months, maybe 24 months, maybe increasing a bit on that size. If you can get a release point halfway through at about the 12-month mark and then release the rest at 24 or 18, that works out well too.
1: And, you know, we are in still a robust M&A market. There's a lot of concern about taxation. Mm -hmm. Valuations are still at historical highs. I would say also from my perspective, transaction structures are as tight as possible as they've always been because it's very difficult to find a quality company. Uh, and thus, since buyers are paying more in still a very uncertain um, environment, we are seeing more diligence, accounting, legal, operational, etc. Otherwise, uh, what other observations can you share with our group um, that you may be noteworthy that just kind of caught you off guard and say, wow, we're seeing this more in a transaction or that.
0: mean, more recommendations, I think the clients, I mean, there's a lot of times you have clients who they wish they had done something or seen something and you can learn from what other people have gone through. So, I mean, I, I just believe things like making sure that you have a letter of intent that is sufficiently detailed. So you kind of know what you're getting into and you can kind of tease out the issues that might occur before you get too deep into documentation um, and having a solid team. We've talked about that a few times. Uh, people that are are going to be good at what they're doing and move things along and do it with integrity and responsiveness. So, you know, it's a those are some those work for me. They worked for me twenty plus years. Very and
1: good, very so. insightful. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, MBBI. Thank you, the Enclave and Studio Seventy Five, who is hosting us today. Our guest next month will be Tom Thomas with the accounting firm of FGMK. This is Greg Wolfin signing off for MBBI. Thank you and enjoy the day.